And we're live. Welcome to Don't Be Coy. I'm your host, Uncle Lou. And today I have the honor, pleasure, and the utmost appreciation to have with me today, Mr. Brandon Dean. Brandon, thank you for being on the show. How are you doing this morning? Thank you very much, Melvin. I am doing really well. Uh, enjoying uh, the great city of New York and uh, happy to be here. I appreciate you having me on today. <laughs> Sounds good, man. How was your previous week? Any kind of highlights or takeaways from it? Uh, previous week, I actually uh, reported in to, to New York to uh, my, my job here in Second New York. Uh, it was very, 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 very busy. Uh, did some training, uh, mostly online training. Met some of my colleagues. Uh, got a chance to go on a couple of vessels, do some inspections. So, uh, so far, so good, man. No complaints. How have you, how have you been, Melvin? I've been doing pretty good, man. I, I really, really can't complain at all. So, um, for the people at home, can you tell tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Uh, so, as Melvin uh, mentioned during his introduction, my name is Brandon Dean. I am uh, originally from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, I graduated from the uh, same school Melvin did undergrad. I went to Tougaloo College, uh, located in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, I went. I was there from uh, 2012 to 2016. Um, I had the honor of studying at Brown University uh, for a couple summers as well. Uh, I'm doing uh, physics research, and uh, I also had a chance to take a semester at Brown as well. So. A little bit about me. Um, in my free time, I enjoy, you know, watching and playing sports. Uh, I'm also a big chess fan. A little bit about myself. <laughs> Love it, man. Love to hear that completely. So just to kind of give you a little bit of a high-level overview. Um, so as you know, this is season two of Don't Be Coy. And on this season, focusing in on, like, moments of transformation. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions um, that, like, might seem random but like essentially they represent like the past present and future and so like you know i'm just gonna ask you these questions and we're gonna dive into the conversation so uh if you're ready we can go ahead and get started let's do it i'm ready all right so what's your favorite song to start your day to oh so contrary to uh <laughs> i would say most of my generation i am a uh, very very i'm i send myself an old soul I love uh, old school music. Um, specifically, I love like some Earth, Wind, and Fire. I love uh, Bob Marley. Uh, if I were to pick one song to get my day started, oh man, that's that's tough. But uh, probably had to say something like uh, maybe Three Little Birds, Bob Marley. Um, don't worry about a thing because every little thing is going to be all right. Mm. Uh, very very famous song by Bob Marley. Yeah, uh, so yeah. yeah. That kind of reminds me that uh, you know no matter what the ills are in this world, no matter how things are going, uh, you know, negative or otherwise, um, that in the end things will, things will end, uh, turn out. Okay. So that kind of gets my mindset for the day. And, and as we think it positive for the rest of the day, I'm curious though, when were you introduced to this song and like, when did it kind of that moment of resonation, like get to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I grew up in a household of music, specifically, old school, specifically, um, you know, African-American music, uh, deep, deep-rooted uh, Southern feel-good songs, as well as uh, international music as well. Um, I would say I was first introduced to Bob Marley back when I was about six or seven years old. My dad grew up listening to him when he was in college, actually. He went to Alcorn University in Mississippi. Um, grew up listening to him. Uh, he pretty much just <laughs> threw on a song one day. I think at that time, we still had the cassette player. Uh, and uh, just listened to it, and I remember I was having kind of a, a really uh, kind of depressing day that day. We threw that on, and suddenly my whole day turned around. So that was that was really a, turn, a turning point for me 
and uh, introduced me to uh, the the wealth of wisdom of, that is Bob Marley and how every song he delivers has a powerful message uh, that can resonate with you, no matter your demographic, no matter your uh, ethnicity. Uh, you know, he has a message for everyone. So that that really helped me out. I would say about six or seven to answer questions. Yeah, no, no, that that makes a lot of sense. So wait, you were you said you were six or seven years old when you first heard that song? Correct. Yeah, I was about six or seven years old. I vividly remember it. Um, we were at home in my home hometown of Memphis, Tennessee, uh, and uh, you know, like I said, my dad, my mom and dad always had music going throughout the house coming up. Uh, but uh, I just remember that song coming on. I was like, I asked my dad, I was like, Dad, what, what song is this? He's like, Oh, you know, this is uh, this is Bob Marley, the one and only Bob Marley. I was like, okay. And I, I, I always, you know, uh, appreciated the, the reggae rhythm. And, yeah. Uh, it, 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 was, it, was, it was food for the soul for me. And then not only that, but then also the lyrics that accompanied it, you know, the powerful message of, you know, don't worry because everything's going to be all right. Yeah. When I, especially on a day when I was worrying and I was panicking, um, that kind of, you know, put my soul at ease. So. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And like, I heard two things there that was like really profound to me. One that like at that age of like six or seven, like you were so like uh, aware of like your emotions to be like, hey, you know, I'm I'm like panicking and worrying and things of that nature uh, or have angst. And then two, to find something to kind of like soothe that um, and like find a solution to that and like. Um, using like that that cognitive approach to be like oh you know this song speaks to me like yeah if everything will be all right like I can like overcome this and things of that nature that's a really profound thing man and so like how you were able to recognize that at such an early age yeah um well I, th- I think it was just um you know I guess just having the conscious awareness um you know, being six or seven it's only so much you can <laughs> So much you can truly understand. You're still learning the world around you. Right. Um, you know, I was I was lucky enough to have you know parents who uh, really kind of you know helped me to uh, to pay close attention to the world around me, to pay close attention to you know things that I would see uh, on TV, the things that I would read in books, and, and of course the music that I would listen to, and not only just listen to it for how it made you feel, but also listen to it for how it can affect your life in a positive manner. Yeah. So, um, you know, con- the idea of conscious listening, uh, you know, active listening, if you will. Um, my dad really, my mom and dad really put me onto that in the early age. So I would say, you know, six or seven, you're kind of in that, in that age of infinite wisdom, if you will. You kind of, you think the world is yours and, you know, nobody can tell you anything. Um, but, uh, you know, a song like that can really kind of humble you and, uh, and also teach you a lot. Um, and not, not only that, but, you know, the, the music of, you know, like I said, uh, Earth on the Fire, The Temptations, uh, the OJs, um, you know, the list goes on. Erica Badu, Jill Scott, um, Lauren Hill. I learned a lot from uh, listening to Lauren Hill's Miseducation of Lauren Hill album. Um, you know, songs like music like that, you know, soulful music, um, and having that active ear, not just hearing it, but listening to it. I uh, learned that I was thankful enough to learn that at a very early age. Yeah, no, that's very interesting, man. And I, I like that. Um that consciousness that you had. And like, I guess what I'm curious about is as you've gone through these transitional periods or like, I guess you could say a certain time frame. how yep. were you actively listening into those moments to kind of 
reap the benefits of them, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, well, I, uh, in terms of like being here in New York, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, throw a term at your dissonance here in New York. There's a lot of distractions and, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very cacophonous city, if you will. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of things going on. Um, uh, and so you, you kind of have to force yourself to, to get that getaway, to get that, um, not necessarily to escape the reality of the world, because that's inevitable. You have to face the world. Um, but sometimes you do need to take a step back and kind of, you know, dig deep into your soul once more. So, um, to answer your question, I, I've been able to, uh, you know, to kind of, you know, have output, uh, outputs that I would go to, uh, for me, um, you know, I'm a reader. I'd love, love reading novels. Um, I love, uh, like I said, listening to music. So I would, you know, pick a certain playlist, whether it's, I'm on the subway, if I'm, uh, if I'm, you know, riding my bike or something like that, you know, have something that I can go to, uh, to, to get to that place. Um, so have a playlist, um, you know, read certain things, trying to focus on positive, uh, positive things. So, you know, if, if I'm watching the news, I try to like focus on positive, stay up to date on what's really happening in the world, but also focus on the good things. So you can keep that positive mindset. It's not so much about just active listening, but also applying that to your, your actual life as well. Mm. So as I move from place to place, you know, uh, you know, I, uh, went from Memphis, as you know, Benton, Rhode Island, um, had the fortune of going to uh, Officer Canada School with the Coast Guard. Um, and that was in New London, Connecticut. From there, Seattle, Washington with you. And then uh, went from Seattle to uh, D.C. And then D.C. now to here. And so for each city, um, I was faced with the challenge of, you know, getting out of that comfort zone, you know, engaging with people I had never engaged with, um, you know, but still having, um, you know, still still uh, having that appreciation for uh, the little things in life and not having that anxiety, you know, which is something I've always struggled with. A lot of people probably didn't know that about me when I was a two, but I had, you know, anxiety. Um, I was not the best at being social, you know, so I would have like moments where I'd be back in my room and I'd, you know, throw on some music. And if I had like a social event that night, you know, throw on some music and I would actually kind of get me into the mood of, hey, you know what, let me just go out there. It's not the first thing I was thinking about mm. doing, but let me just go out there and, and see what it's about. And so that's yeah. kind of how I've adapted from city to city. If that answers the question, I know it's a little long-winded, but no, 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 no. That that truly answers my question, and I I love that because I find it you know very beautiful that like you know your parents instilled this into you at a young age. So like you know I think that what you're touching on here is like a, a very important subject, right? Like what was that transition like for you to like build that kind of pattern? Well, so I would say, you know, definitely from each, each, uh, transition, there was, uh, you know, a lot of growth. It wasn't just, uh, you know, same, same, uh, you know, same repetition, same, uh, same schedule. Uh, it was always, you know, um, I noticed that for example, when I moved from Seattle to DC, uh, there was going to be, you know, more engagement with, uh, more of a, uh, you know, uh, political crowd more engaging with the, you know, uh, uh, more of a work oriented, career oriented audience. It's not to say that Seattle doesn't have that, but DC is kind of the the you know, with me along with New York, kind of that metropolitan capital of the country, if you will. Um, so uh, I knew I had to adjust, and I knew I had to not only just adjust based on music catalog, but uh, 
out, but also kind of the way I took care of myself physically. Um, you know, I'm fortunate that my career has enabled me to keep an active lifestyle, uh, being, being in the military, um, you know, the way I eat, uh, it's all part of that, that, that food for, for the soul, if you will. Um, so yeah, I, I've been able to, um, you know, adjust to the times, adjust to the new city. Uh, you know, that I think, um, you know, reading different novels, uh, staying active, meeting new people, staying connected with, with those who are, who, you know, helped me to get to where I am today and, and also inspire generations to come as well. I think it's important to reach back and not just take, it's important to, to give to, give to others as well. And I pride myself on doing that. Um, so I hope, hope that answered your question. What it sounds like to me is, you know, it's just the journey that you, you went on, right? Like going to all of these different places gave you different perspectives around like you know um what is the kind of gap what is the the thing that i need to learn right like moving from seattle to like dc knowing that you were going to be in a place where um for lack of a better term the concentration of like or priorities of like career and like politics is there's higher concentration because it's like that's you know things on the federal level and so, like, I I totally understand where that could you acknowledge that as far as being a shift and recognize, like, you know, whatever your, for lack of a better term, gaps were, like, where you saw opportunities. And so with that, I I really think that goes back into, like, as you were saying, like that active listening and like remaining like present and things of that nature. And I I, I'm curious, as you were talking about holistic wellness, what is something that you like cook on a regular basis? Wow, man, that's a tough one. Uh, so I, you know, one thing I learned growing up, uh, I, I'd love doing like a, like a good spaghetti. Uh, my dad spent time in New Orleans. Uh, gumbo has been a go-to. Um, you know, I do my you know, occasional salads. Um, but yeah, those are, those are pretty much the staples. Um, yeah, I would say those three. I, gumbo, I, that's like one that I've, I won't say I perfected it because my dad is like the expert at it, but <laughs> I've, I've gotten I've, I've gotten better at it. Yeah, uh, and then you know, of course, of course, incorporating some some of the healthier uh, options as well. I've gotten uh, pretty adept at doing that. Uh, I think <laughs> I think I would credit Seattle for that. Seattle's a very, as you know, a very uh, eco friendly and health conscious environment i'm sure you can attest to that yeah for sure for sure man so like (laughs) i i find that really uh interesting especially like with the gumbo it sounds like that benchmark that you've set is connected to like home right as you were saying like it's not like your dad's as far as giving like that same feeling that home does um you know i i find that's what i hear whenever i heard you say that yeah, so, um, you know, I think it's important in any endeavor, not just cooking, but, uh, you know, really anything. You should always take tenants from those who kind of set the foundation for you, you know, the, the architects, if you will. Um, and so I credit, you know, my mom and dad being, kind of, and my brother as well for, you know, helping me get to where I am. Um, so in terms of the cooking, I, you know, I uh, certainly take different aspects, but I know that, you know, the original artist is uh, is the one who has their, their name scribbled at the bottom there, so. <laughs> um, you know, and I take I take 
I take, um, you know, but I think it's important, and this is just kind of a, a lesson in life that I've learned. It's important to take you know, specific tenants from every experience, good and bad, right? From every, um, every mentor, every positive influence you've had in your life, it's important to take something from them um, and, and, and incorporate that into your own life. You know, make it your own and understand that it's not going to be the original, but it's good enough for you. That's important, and that's and so we we use the idea of, of uh, you know me cooking the gumbo, and I mentioned that it's not like my dad. You know, obviously I strive to make it like his, and it may be ninety nine point eight percent there, but it may not be exactly the way that he would make it, and there's nothing wrong with that. And mm-hmm. I think too too often, um, you know, we as a society try to completely mimic those around us. Um, you know, I have several people in my life outside of my family as well, who I look up to and I try to be like them, but I understand that I'm running my own race and I can incorporate certain tenants, as I mentioned, to be like them, but I can't live life trying to mimic their exact moves. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I have to run my own race. Um, always try to take something positive, uh, incorporate into your own life and create your own, your own uh, playlist of life, if you will. Yeah. I just, I just music playlist, but playlist of life. So, yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense, man. And what I heard there is give yourself grace. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I try to I try to share some of the things that I've learned um, along this journey. You know, I, I am by no means um, the best at, at what I do, but I always try to be the best that I can be. And uh, that's that's um you know that's important. It's important to just you know like the one of the main things I've learned is just run your run your own race. You know. But don't understand that you're not doing this alone. Um, you have you can you can call on people. Um, it's important to you know utilize the lessons that those who are with you right now or those who came before us, even if you never met them, learn those lessons, um, both the good and the bad, right? So it's not just about taking the good things that you learn from people, but looking at some of the things that people did wrong and saying, you know what, I don't want to do that. I want to make sure that my course is in the right direction. Um, that I'm, you know, building my life, and also not just not just about you. It's also about helping those around you too, giving back. Um, that's that's part of living a fulfilled life is is uh, you know giving back to those in need, giving back to those who, you know, who would like to, you know, like I mentioned earlier, try to uh, mimic what you're doing, um, and uh, you know, and give them that course correction that you know, it's good to do what I'm doing, but also make sure that you run your own race and use some of the some of the cool skills that I learned growing up as well. Yeah. That makes sense. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense, man. And when you talk about like giving back and things of that nature, I feel, yeah. you know, that's a, a very rewarding experience to do. I, I feel like I would say like much blessings, many blessings that come from like just being able to like shorten the path, if you will. Um, Absolutely. I, I think that, you know, we, we all go through like our own experiences and like, we learn, I guess you could say like how to navigate our path, but like to go back and share with others as far as ways that you could navigate it the same, but a little bit better. You know, I, I think that. You know, that's a, a really good testimony towards just like um, the kind of values that you have and like um, 
the the way that you apply them it, i think is really beautiful man I appreciate that, Melvin. You know, I certainly, certainly try my best, and uh, you know, I think uh, it's been it's been a it's been an uphill battle. I think that um, you know, people who know me, um, they, they see what I'm doing in the Coast Guard and, and uh, how I did it too, Blue. And a lot of people may have the impression that you know that um, I kind of took an easy road, but I, I it's been it's been it's been a lot. Of, there've been a lot of setbacks, and you know, but uh, along the way, I've always had my held, my head held high, and uh, you know with my faith and and uh and also just you know relying on on mentors and and uh you know and wisdom and wisdom from others um and i would say and i'd like to add one last thing if you don't mind melvin so um the idea of putting yourself into uncomfortable situations mm. right so uh, i think that one so there was one specific quote that i remember when i was going through my 17 weeks of training at ocs officer candidate school um, one commander mentioned to us, she said, uh, you know, there's no comfort in the growth zone and there's no growth in the comfort zone. So basically you have to interpret that to mean that in order to truly grow and, uh, become the person you really want to be, um, you know, down the road, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. That makes it seem counterintuitive because we like to be comfortable. We like to, you know, do our daily routine and, and, and have everything kind of kind of be handed to us most times, but sometimes it's okay to like, you know, go to that seminar that you don't really want to go to, but you know it's good for you. Or if you're not not really adept at public speaking, right? Sometimes it's okay to volunteer, raise your hand at, and, and give it a shot, you know, because you can you can obtain a lot of growth from that. So um, I would say that's another thing that I would say in terms of passing it forward is uh, putting yourself in uncomfortable position, in uncomfortable situations. Um, Nothing that will compromise your health and safety, of course. I'm not trying to advocate for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but putting yourself in, 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 in a professional sense and a personal sense in uncomfortable situations that can help perpetuate growth. Yeah, no, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense, man. And, you know, like, um, as I, I think I mentioned to you earlier, I may have or I may not have, but, like, you know, I've recently or... I'm currently transitioning into a new role and like um it's it's been if I'm going to be completely honest with you it's been very challenging. Um not because it's like I can't do the work or like the um professional side of it is really going phenomenally well. Like I I <laughs> I'm genuinely impressed on like how well I think it's going. Um but like as far as just um, the personal side, it's been really challenging um, because yeah. for me, I've invested and I'm putting so much into like making sure I do good on this role. Like I'm struggling yeah. with like my routine, like, you know, I am, you know, giving myself the boundaries of saying like I'm only working between these hours, but like right. I'm so mentally um, and emotionally drained that like. Yeah. Um, the physical side or like the um, social side or any of those other things, I just don't have the energy for it because I put so much into those other components. Um, but like, you know, I, I, I find what you say to be um, very interesting because as you mentioned, like, I, I love that quote where it's just like, there's no, comfort in the growth zone and there's no growth in the comfort zone because 
I, I truly feel like that that's that's the case because I am not comfortable at all. However, you know, I do know that um, with growth, right, it's kind of the way I see it, it's kind of like, um, you know, as that expression goes, being a duck in rapid water. It's like, how do I keep my head right. above water? You just got to keep on swimming. Yep. And like, that's how you get stronger. Even if the current doesn't get lighter, you get so used to the current, like, you know, you can eventually like pull your way out of it and stuff. You just have to um, like, just keep going essentially. And like, I, I find that to be such a very true formula. However, right. Um, I think it's also interesting about like capacity too. Like, um, when you reach that moment where you feel like you're tapped out, like the check engine light or the gas light has came on and it's like, okay, this means I have 50 miles left in my tank. Do I, where, from where I have to go, do I know that I have the 50 miles to get there? You know what I'm saying? And, um, <laughs> I think that that's a, an interesting question that I'll, I love to hear your perspective on when it comes to your own like opportunities of growth and like when you've reached that kind of capacity, but like um, you finally found that, that moment of reprieve, like um, what were those moments like for you? Man, uh, you know, in one word to to surmise, uh, um, I would say euphoric. Um, You mentioned the idea, you mentioned uh, your journey right now that you're going through uh, transitioning to a new position out of Seattle. And I think it's phenomenal. Congratulations, by the way. Um, I, I will say I, I know things like that can be exhausting, especially uh, positions of greater responsibility. Um, you know, typically more hours, uh, more leadership, things like that. Um, I can, what I would do is I would kind of dig back to um, my, all I could do is kind of speak on my own personal experience um, during my training. So 17 weeks, you know, getting yelled at, you know, doing crazy intense workouts, um, you know, uh, basically just <laughs> not having your phone for like nine weeks. That's if you can imagine, uh, they, they take it away for nine weeks. And so it's kind of a, almost like a, a mental and physical cleanse. Um, and without a doubt, the hardest thing to weeks in my life. And, and I, like you, I, I was at that point where I was like, man, is this even worth it? Like, this is ridiculous. Um, this is probably like week 12, week 13. And, uh, you know, what I did was I kind of took that time. I took a step back, kind of closed my eyes and just, you know, I just, just thought about how fortunate I was to be in the position I am and understand that, you know, despite how rigorous and arduous things are getting right now and, and hectic in my life, um, there are people who wish they were in that position, right? Yeah. So putting things in perspective, you know, there are people right now who, um, you know, because of a mishap or otherwise and some people are you know missing legs missing arms but i found that some of those some people like that tend to be some of the happiest people in, in, in life right they still find reasons to be happy so it's about putting things in perspective uh understanding your blessings and understanding that you know this 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 journey you're on this this moment you're in may seem insurmountable it may seem uh like why am i in this but there's always a blessing to come out of every every uh every what seems to be a dark moment in your life so i would say embrace it um i know when i when i graduated from ocs after those, that 17 weeks i cried the hardest i've ever cried in my life i was and it was just tears of joy 
you know, to say that I did it. Uh, and so that's that's what I would that's what I would say to be the takeaway. Um, you know, just you know, embrace it, embrace the challenges, embrace it. As one of my mentors would say, embrace the suck, right? Just embrace yeah. those hard moments. That's where the that's where the growth is. Yeah, man. I, I think about just the the milestones that I've reached and like the the happiness that that kind of came from it. And like, you know, um, I, I think it's like, as you say, like taking that kind of step back to remember what the, what the goal is, like what you're, what you're looking for. And like remembering that every single um, sacrifice that you're making, every single thing that you're doing, every single hardship that you're enduring um, it's for that, for that particular goal. And like, you know, when that moment happens and you get there, um, it's like you said, it's euphoric. Exactly. Exactly. And not only that, Melvin, but also the fact that you don't, you never know who's watching, right? There could be uh, somebody who's really, really impressionable, somebody who may be coming up and they want to do the exact same thing or be in the, in the specific area that you're in, right? And they're, they're, they're looking at you and they're, and they're like, man, if this person can do it, I can do it, right? Like they hung in there. I know I can do it too. So it's about having that perspective as well. Uh, understanding that, you know, generations to come after you may be looking at you for inspiration and using that as that motivation as well to keep going. Yeah. I really appreciate like, um, again, just having the opportunity to just talk with you today and like for you to just sharing your perspectives around like really and truthfully how you've kind of like approached this thing and like how you, your methodology um, towards life. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, you know, it's a pleasure, man. I think that, you know, hopefully the audience could have taken some good things uh, from this. You know, I, you know, I'm, I definitely want to, you know, put out that I am in no way trying to be like a wise sage or anything. I'm just kind of you know, sharing things that uh, you know, I've been able to incorporate into my life and, uh, you know, um, you know, and that things that kind of help catapult, uh, my career um and i and i think that um you know it, it, it can be conducive to pretty much any endeavor um and i think you're, what you're doing with your with your with your show is, is phenomenal um you know continue to spread positive messages and and uh you know have people you know who, who are willing to share their stories it's about having that multiple perspectives and uh you know i think this I thing is phenomenal so hopefully hopefully today people were able to get a good message and uh, learn a little bit about me um and uh yeah and hopefully you know take something they can uh, use and incorporate into their own life love it man really appreciate that well i do have uh, just a few lightning questions that i like to go through on every single show and um you know um, after that i'll let you get back to the rest of your day how's that sound that sounds great melvin i'm, I'm on your time man any any uh, anything you need i got you <laughs> all right um uh, what or who inspires you and why wow wow who inspires me um I have to start with, uh, you know, my, my mom and dad, um, both very, very inspirational people. Um, you know, my dad has had to go through a lot. Mom has had to go through a lot. My dad was also in the Coast Guard, so he's kind of moved, moved the family around quite a bit. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's very, probably the most inspirational person I know. Um, been through a lot. Like, just to give you some examples, right, he's probably... <laughs> Probably wouldn't want me to share this with, with the audience, but I think it's worth noting. Uh, he just uh, recently 
a pass to bar. He just became an attorney at 58 years old, actually. Oldest person to attend his law school. And, um, and uh, you know, you talk about inspiration. He tried at law school about five or six times. I turned down, got, you know, kicked out for academics. Like, he just struggled after struggle after struggle, trying to raise his family and everything. And he finally did after his after he retired from the Coast Guard. And you talk about a story of resilience. Uh, my mom, she just, she actually just retired after over 30 years of working for the Army Corps of Engineers. So um, just stories of persistence. I'd say those, those two, my mom and dad are very inspirational. My, my little brother, Caleb, who, um, you know, just recently actually graduated from uh, Yale University in Connecticut. Um, you know, <laughs> there are many reasons why I could be very jealous of him, but I'm very proud of him and uh, just happy that he's able to, you know, spread joy to the world and, and, and be an inspiration for others. So those three, um, you know, uh, and so many people. Um, I'd, I'd obviously mentioned Bob Marley, the life he lived, um, how inspirational he was through his music, just a prophet, a guy who, who you know, lived his life spreading love and, and messages of encouragement um, and peace and, uh, you know, upward mobility. I think somebody like him, I really look up to. So those are just a few, um, you know, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, former president uh, Barack Obama, you know, his message as well and how, how he just carries himself and, uh, and how he's just an inspiration to, to you know, young African-American men like myself uh, and women for that matter. So um, those, those are just a few, just to name, uh, name a few and uh, hopefully that answers your question. But uh, yeah, a lot of inspirations. That's just only five of them. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely for sure. And um, lastly, on a scale to one to 10, with one being the lowest, 10 being the highest, how are you good at keeping secrets? Wow. Uh, well, I, I like to say I'm pretty good. I'd say, I'd say about, uh, about eight. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually, because I, I love to confide in people as well, uh, people that I trust. So I expect them, you know, well, won't say I expect them, but I, I would certainly hope that they would, you know, feel feel um, the need if they needed to talk to, to somebody to confide in. Um, I think I could be a good conduit for that. Um, uh, you know, I, I understand that you know things happen in life, and sometimes you need somebody to talk to. Um, you know, the people I would probably share that with are just you know the people I think could help. Now, of course, if they wanted to, to keep it. Just that, like, just completely confidential. I think I could be a good person. That's about. I'm kind of stuck between eight and nine. Hopefully, like, I'm not sure if eight point five is a good, a good answer too. <laughs> no, man, that's all good. That's all good. Well, man, once again, I really appreciate you for being on the show, and like, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much, Melvin. I uh, appreciate you again for having me on, man. This is a, this is an honor, and I keep doing what you're doing with the show. Thank you, All right. This has been another episode of Don't Be Coy with Uncle Lou. As always, I'd like to thank this episode's guest for a great conversation, as well as thank you, the listener, for joining in. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular, I always appreciate your support. If you like today's episode and ever want to listen to more, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And to join our community and access future bonus content, be sure to visit dbkpodcast.com.
www.ghostbusters.com. Ghostbusters.